0: Xbox 12360. Featuring weekly news, insider commentary, and interviews with superstars, past and present from the world of pro wrestling. A new day is dawning for DX. And now,
2: your host, Sean X-Pac Wolfman.
3: Hey there, Xbox 12360 fans! You've tuned in to a brand new episode. We're coming at you from Westwood One. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll be breaking down the week's top pro wrestling news, he- news headlines. Not only that, but NWA World's Heavyweight Champion Nick Aldis will be joining us along with writer-director Dave Lagana. And the crew is all here. You know we're all going to come and hang out for that. Say hello to Jimbo. Hey, Jimbo. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in. That's right, and right next to him, the lovely Denise Salcedo. How you doing, girl? I'm
4: good. Hey, everyone. And by the way, why aren't you Jimbo on the couch yet? I don't
3: know. At Jim. All right, we'll work on that. My name is Christy, but of course, the man of the hour, the one you have all tuned in for. You know him as Xbox Sean Waltman. Hey
2: there. How Thank you, you doing, everybody? I'm great. I had a great weekend. It was fantastic. I went to, this- I went to the Seattle-Tacoma area and. uh had a match with Defy
3: Yeah, Defy yes, Wrestling. Defy
2: Wrestling. Yeah. Sorry, I forgot the wrestling part. <laughs> but uh it was fun. I, and uh and I just I wanna thank Paul Asenbeat. Do you know what I'm talking about? Paul Asenbee's the guy the that bouncer. wrote the the, the the we when we were bouncers books. And you know he's a he's stone cold Steve Austin, stunt double. Uh does all kinds of stunt movie work and it was is MMA guy. Um, He was like in the original, like Pancras, like back in the early days of MMA. And uh, so he came down from Vancouver and we, uh, you know, we went to this restaurant afterwards. Brody King came with us and uh, it's called 13 Coins and it's right by Seattle airport. And it's open 24 hours, but it's like a five-star restaurant. Yeah. And it was so good. So (laughs) effing good. Like this is the place that we would always go to. After shows in in Seattle, and uh, Vince McMahon loves it. I mean, we would all go there. Like Vince, we would all have dinner afterwards. Sometimes that used to be a thing, you know. Like, was some of us if you know we were if we were like you could tell if you if Vince thought you were a part of helping him draw money because you would be having dinner with him once in a while at like you know uh, Smith and Wolensky Steakhouse in New York after the Garden show or. Things like that, so.
3: I hear they still bring Morton's to Staples when Brock is there.
2: Uh, Probably. For him and all the boys. Yeah, yeah. I, That's that sounds about right. They do, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
3: <laughs> you, you're probably in on that now yeah, every yeah, time, yeah, yeah. I'm for very sure. sure. <laughs> yeah, so. Well, you also uh, had a pretty strong move there during this Defy match, right? Do you want me to tell everybody how you knocked no. somebody out, or you want to tell us, no.
2: Sean? No, no. <laughs>
3: I'm sorry, is that putting it too dramatically? Yeah. Big okay, time. sorry.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just yeah, no, guy the one of the guys I was working with, I the I, the kick uh the kick hit its mark and he didn't put his hands up like I told him to. And uh and so when I was waiting for him to so I kick him and then the other guys in the corner waiting for the Bronco Buster. I go for the Bronco. I hit the Bronco buster, and the people are, you know, popping, and then you get up, and I'm waiting to get hit from behind. And I'm waiting, and I'm waiting, and it's a key, key part of the finish, and there's no one there, and I turn around, A guy's still on the ground because I apparently, you know,
3: yeah. Because he didn't put his <laughs> hands up.
2: Yeah. So anyway. This is
3: you. You were tagging with a guy named Randy Myers. This was against Doc Cleaver, and Derek Drexel is yeah. the one who. Yeah, This was uh, a
2: fun match. Those guys, those, like. Time. Yeah, there was some really good stuff on the on the undercard too, mm-hmm. and, and uh, Jacob Fatu, who goes as Samoan Werewolf. Samoan
5: Werewolf,
1: yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, just crushed it right before we went out. He was like before he, before the before his match, and he was right he was on right before us. Mm-hmm. He actually was talking about um, last week's show with Rikishi, that's his uncle, mm-hmm. and he was talking about hey, it was, you know. Uh, he was he was mentioning how like we were talking about knowing your place on the card, and he was talking about going out and really maybe holding back a little bit. I'm like, no, go do your thing, man. I'll be good. <laughs> you know. So he went out there and crushed it. Just killed it.
3: He has yeah. he has a lot of support from yeah. a lot of the veterans.
2: Yeah, good. He deserves it. I think. You know. I mean, I don't know him real well, but I mean, as far as what I see, how he handles himself in the, in the dressing room and and in the ring. Yeah, yeah, he can be on my team any day of the week. So, um, anyways, so there was a new ring. Well, I I guess it was a new ring for them, and I so I was looking at it, and I'm like, huh? They need it was before the show. Mm-hmm. I'm like, they need to uh, they need to tighten up the underneath of the ring because the poles are are bent inwards, and you know, I'm like, hey man, when you, you guys gonna tighten that up underneath? And like That's as tight as it gets, and I'm like, that's gonna break. I'm uh-huh. Like yeah, no, it'll be all right. And right. I'm like no, it's gonna break. First match, <laughs> yeah, it broke. So they had to take a little intermission to fix the ring, and then there was no there was no regular intermission that night. And uh, but anyways, great show, great show. Uh, one of the hottest crowds like I've I've seen in a long time.
3: A lot of people, or just a no. small number of enthusiastic no, uh, people. A good.
2: It was full. You know, it was like 500 people, and it held about 500. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was the first time they ran the venue. And they usually run uh, 21 and older shows, and this wasn't like one of their only all-ages shows. And it did well. And like I said, a lot of people and the crowd was really, really hot. Like, they come to have a good time. The people give them a good show, and in return... They show their appreciation and that's how it should work. You know, like it's, it really sucks when you go out there and you're just given everything you have and the people are, you know, for whatever reason, I don't know. Some people, they don't want to look uncool for, you know, for participating and being wrest wrestling, a spectator, Mm
4: -hmm. but
2: we kind of need that, you know?
4: And then doesn't that make it harder for let's say a guy who's sort of just getting his foot in there and doesn't really know yeah. how to work the crowd? And you know he needs the crowd to kind of like,
2: gauge yeah, we all do. You know? Yeah, we all do. We all need that. I mean, we. Don't, I mean, we could do it without, but man, it's a lot better when we have that. And I mean, and I'm not telling the crowd to go out there and just give it away for nothing. Like, if it sucks, don't give it out. Mm-hmm. Keep it. But give it out when 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 they, when they deserve it. You know. So, all right.
3: <laughs> There's no worse feeling than yeah. uh, crickets out there. All right, well, Sean, can we move on to some pro Let, wrestling news? Yeah, of course. Let's do it. It's the X Pac One Two Three Sixty News of the Week. Break it down, X Pac One Two
0: Three Sixty Wrestling News. Oh!
3: All right, starting with an update from last week, I think you guys will all find very interesting. As Harry Francis Smith, who we all know as Davy Boy Smith Jr., or Davy Boy Jr., has announced that all charges against him following his altercation with Jake Roberts at WrestleCon, all the charges will be dropped. This is coming from Jake Roberts himself. So Davey spoke with Jake on the phone, and they have completely made amends. He said he apologized. He also told Jake that he would apologize publicly, and Jake in turn said he would drop any charges. Davey says he wishes Jake all the best, and he's really glad that they squashed this beef Davey said that he and Roddy actually had a conversation yes. about the podcast in question before Roddy had passed away, and he was yes. happy about that. So he's glad now that this is all just put to bed. No more grudges. This is done.
2: Yes, and and I'm really happy personally. Just uh, just because I I was I was there. I was at WrestleCon. Jimbo, you were there. We weren't. We were there on the other yet. side, but yeah. Yes, and and so I heard what happened, and 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 actually you know, someone reached out and told me what happened. I, but I was on my way to Russell and, uh, anyways, that's neither here nor there. Always sucks to me personally. Um, when I see people in the industry going at it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, over anything. And, it, you know, I know like there's sometimes it happens and, and that, but, uh, man, it's just, it's, it's always really sad. And, uh, And so I'm really happy. And I knew, like, okay, this is a situation where, you know, all this happened in public, and so egos get bruised. You know, pride, you know, people's pride is an issue. And, and, uh, you know, um, so I get it. I understand why Jake, you know, why Jake was was upset and and you know his his daughter was there mm-hmm. and all that and, and i talked about this already you know um uh harry reached out to me and i kind of helped facilitate this through dallas page oh yeah so um that being said really happy it's it's squash now mm-hmm. and uh and move on
3: all right good cool. mediating sean Uh, Not really. I just kind of put
2: people, I connected some people. (laughs) Put them together? Yeah. That's that's cool.
3: cool. Well, more good news. NXT has signed independent talent Martin Stone, who has performed for NXT under the name Danny Birch. You guys know him from having quite a spirited rivalry, actually, with Oni Lorcan and now teaming up with Oni. He had been signed to Developmental, but was released in 2014. You know, of course, that he did compete in the WWE United Kingdom Championship tournament and then started working NXT tapings again in 2015. He was offered this new contract last month, but we're just finding out about this now because over the weekend he gave a farewell speech at Beyond Wrestling in New England so congratulations to Danny I had the pleasure of working with him many times when I was at NXT he is a great talent a great guy and it was absolutely time to bring him on as a full-time superstar. Yeah,
2: happy for Dan- Happy for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have been on shows with, with him in you know in England and you know seen him over here. Uh, yeah, good for him. Did he drop some weight?
3: Since this photo, yeah, right, because yes. that, pho- that
2: photo I'm looking at on the screen there is a he has his build
3: at um, 190. Yeah. Now, I believe him okay, and o. it's Rose. better
2: look for him, yeah, yeah. But maybe well, that, maybe that might have something to do with why they let him go for a minute. I don't know,
4: absolutely, could be. I'm not
2: sure because I can't think of any other reason,
4: mm-hmm. right? I feel like we might be seeing a surge more of more British guys because in May. World of Sport has been picked up by ITV in the UK. So I think that because of that, I think WWE is going to probably want some more first dibs on some of the British guys. So maybe bringing some more that were more of the part-time UK guys, they might bring them on full-time. And I feel like Danny Birch is kind of just like the the – uh, I guess you at could say forefront. at the yeah. forefront of seeing more guys coming in, which is going to be yeah. cool because, first of all, his style, he's a very solid worker. He, he has a unique style, like a, like a ruggedness to him that I think is going to be fun to see. And if they keep bringing in more guys, like that's just going to add like more. It's just going to be better.
3: Absolutely. Yeah. This could possibly be a precursor to the WWE United Kingdom weekly show that we hear is still reportedly in development and has been since sure. the tournament last year.
2: And, uh, you know, this is kind of a, a little bit of a different subject but i read something on uh it might have been a triple h conference call mm-hmm. and he was talking about you know global like international like uh ex- localized expansion mm-hmm. do you know what i mean by yes. that yeah so you're not just going and running shows but you're actually going into these international markets and establishing a foothold there and bring you know and st- bring almost like starting a local territory mm mm-hmm. mhm you know? Right, and
3: and they are working yes. closely with Progress in the UK.
2: Yeah, so um, yeah, good,
3: good. Right. All right, I like that one. Well, let's cover something that everybody is still talking about. One, two, three. WWE's greatest Royal Rumble made waves when it finally came to air, a live show on the WWE Network last Friday. And several fallouts from this, first of all, being that during a short prayer break, there was a video shown that depicted some of the female superstars in their gear, which reportedly there had been an agreement that there would be no women seen anywhere uh, in the during the show and so the saudi arabia the general sport authority of saudi arabia is apologizing to its people for that moment of what they're calling indecency where the women uh, sasha banks and carmela were shown in their gear on the screen uh, i'm wondering if that will affect their reported return wwe's return to saudi arabia in november
2: i'm going to go out on a limb and say absolutely not
3: <laughs> you don't think so
2: um, nope yeah, you know, hey, oops, something slipped through the cracks. What are you gonna do? Right. Hey, you know, it was a long show. There was a lot. There was a lot that had to go into the production. You know, and hey, sometimes things happen. Yeah, mm-hmm. whatever. Eh, sorry.
3: Well, and despite the women, I'm not- just
2: kind of making light of it, but, right? You know, right. Um, well, despite being them not being
3: seen, uh, Jerry Lawler spoke about this on his podcast, yeah. and he presumed that the women were probably getting. Uh, a payout still, even though they didn't perform at the show.
2: Um, that's that may or may not be true. You know, um, uh, I <laughs> careful. They song. should.
3: He he also apparently went on to talk about the greatest royal umbrella for thirty minutes on his show, yeah. which had to be cut out inexplicably. Huh. So,
2: I wonder. I wonder why. <laughs> I'm not good. At, well, whatever. Uh, there was some. I I liked the show. To be honest with you, I enjoyed it. It was. It, it, it obviously it was a Different feel to it, you mm-hmm. know. Um, um. It felt like you were watching a show that was like really far away. I don't know if that makes any sense to you. Yeah. Like sometimes you're watching and you know just I, I, you could tell like some of the camera shot like you know the shot of of outside like from the from above the With stadium to show the fireworks. Yeah, like that. may okay. Yeah, I could tell where, you know. Or somewhere different here, and and man, I don't know if the way I just said that even not pieces even together makes any sense. But um, some people like were wondering why they put Triple H and John Cena on first. Makes perfect sense to me. And people that you know know that know a little bit about how WWE does things, you know. That's
3: what would be the reasoning for that.
2: I, you start to show off hot,
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know, and that's and that did it. You know that they got a hell of a re- reaction. Um, I like to finish. I mean, I thought it was good to put to put John over. Um. Anyways, there. What, what else was? good? Going- What'd you think of the Undertaker casket match? It was fine. It was fine. And some, you know, one of the criticisms I read was, "Oh, there were no title changes. It was basically a glorified house show. So what? I was. I, so what? Be yeah. happy that you got to watch Yeah, it. Right. Yeah, exactly.
4: Yeah, I think that, you know, obviously not every match was like, oh my God, this was the greatest thing ever. But I feel like, so starting at the top of the show, when this all started, I don't know why, but I didn't expect the venue to look this nice. I don't know why I just didn't, didn't know that but when they they showed the venue i was just like man i am feeling some serious fomo and when i like when you said like i feel so far away like i felt the exact same way i was like man i wish i would have saved my money and gone to saudi arabia and watched this instead of wrestlemania you know but that's just how grand the scale was and so i think with having triple h and john cena start the match up start start off the show got everyone so hyped and what i specifically liked about this was that you know the whole controversy with the women, but the thing is that they showed a lot of emphasis on the children, particularly during this match. Yeah. You know, with John Cena coming out, the kids with the- in the crowd. Yes, yeah. and then you sh- they had a shot of Triple H with the engaging with a little girl and a little boy. I thought that was awesome. Like from the start, that they had that, that was really cool, and it kind of. I guess you can say it gave way to what we kind of saw the rest of the show where we saw a lot of children that were really into what they were seeing, and I think that's where they hit the, the A+. Side a did,
2: did anyone, what, did you guys, did you guys, sorry. Did you, did anyone notice what the people were reacting to and what they weren't? A little bit different than maybe your, your average crowd here, right? Yeah. Like some of the stuff that, like some of the really cool things that that a lot of, hip with it. Wrestling bands, like wasn't really getting over like there. Some of the like intricate, yeah. you know, like cruiserweight stuff. yeah it, it, like, eh, it seemed like
1: the test of strength in the Cena triple H match yes. was like the hugest thing that yes. fans mm-hmm. were so involved in. And like, it's oh. because, and
2: I'll tell you why, because it's a virgin crowd. They're fresh. They have not been exposed. Li- their live audience has not been exposed to, uh, to the to that so um so you go out there and even though they've seen all this cool shit on tv like still live they have it so you don't go out there and just start doing everything like you go out there you grab you know like yeah i you could grab a headlock and have somebody work up into a top wrist lock and the people will go crazy
0: and Sean, can I add a little bit? Yeah, more? please do. Uh, hi, i Mark in the booth here. Uh, uh, you, Sorry your, your again, point, Mark. No, that's quite all right. It's quite all right. Um, <clears throat> uh, we had pointed out when we were talking about WrestleMania weekend that uh, during some of the shows, there was just sort of this base quiet, Yes. Uh, whereas I noticed much more, during the Greatest Royal Rumble, there was always some sort of a roar. That's right. Some sort of a reaction from the crowd. They were paying attention the entire time. Uh, And and I thought that, I I really enjoyed the show as well, and like you said, this is a virgin crowd. They've never seen this before, so what do you do? You give them the greatest stuff that they've been watching on TV for the past however long. You give them a couple of Titans in the ring. You give them a a Royal Rumble. All the championships are on the line. That's right. I thought this was a a knockout show for them, and I, I really... I enjoyed it so much. I watched it twice. Oh, good. Really? Yeah. Good. I, really, it was. It I was understand a, it was a where
2: time. you're coming from on that, Mark. Yep. Yeah, and and it's true. Like when you first go and you bring, th- when you bring the the show to you know, Saudi Arabia, and this the same went when we would go to Japan. They want to see what they see on TV. Yep. You know, and that's what you give them, and especially like you make sure they get like. You know the the basic version of of that. I cannot try to complicate it too much. Mm-hmm.
1: So, with this less is more mentality, do you think it was good to put the cruiserweights on right after Cena and Triple H, and have that be uh, the next match?
2: Uh, maybe in hindsight, not not really. But I don't know. I'm not sure.
4: What are- things too if you guys noticed were I was surprised when they started that this is awesome chance you know because I guess I didn't expect it coming from them but I noticed that some other they they did some obviously some American chance they had the delete they had certain chance throughout the day but what I thought was interesting was that here when we do the chance they last a little while over there they lasted like maybe three rounds yeah. and that was pretty That's interesting fine. to see the dynamics of how the crowd works and what they they know and what they don't know which was pretty cool to see something
1: yeah. I noticed I got a huge reaction maybe the biggest of the show was the Defari brother segment. And it made me really upset that instead of spreading this out throughout the show and having maybe like them come out in the beginning and tease it and set up a match later on that they put it all in one segment when all of those guys could have got reactions with other wrestlers and elevated them. Like if Defari and his brother would have came out in the beginning and teased a promo and then send out a tag team that they're going to wrestle or maybe now they have two singles matches based off this and now crowds are invested in them. Because their culture, and now an American wrestler going against them, now they have someone to pull They're, for they pull
2: haven't against. even. They don't even have, have any experience at, Jimbo. Ooh. You can't, like, I mean, they put everyone... The Saudi in, guys. Yeah, the Saudi guys. I mean, that one guy, Mon, Monsu how do you pronounce no, it? I'm not talking I'm about Saudi putting them I'm against Mansoor. the
1: Saudi guys that were training. I'm talking about Defari and them coming out getting the reaction, and then send out someone from the back that they want to
0: see. Like
4: like using them but it was, them, like, but it was for those seven.
2: guys. It was strictly for their local guys to oh. shine those guys. Do you understand the politics behind why they even did that?
1: Cuz they want people to invest no, wait, in those No, they come
2: flag. out with the Iranian flag. Oh. Huge, huge heat, heat between Saudi Arabia yeah. and Ara- in, in Iran. Yeah. So they couldn't even show any of that. Oh, really? No. Okay. No. It was so like it was so kind of like what like you would think of back in the 80s like
1: like The desert storm thing, all that stuff,
2: okay. yeah. It was very much that. It was, it was, uh, yes, okay. It was like, okay, mindless patriot, like, okay, we're gonna cheer for you know, we're gonna get behind the Saudi guys versus the our you know, sworn enemies mm-hmm. type of thing. I guess. And the guys, and the guys are, are, were very like, you know, the guys, there were three guys in there that won, right? Mm-hmm. That won the competition. Four, four, four. sorry. Okay, and you know, they want to get all that done and, and, and then get on with, like, to. they're not going to wait and spend all that time on, on all that stuff. It's just not going to happen, and they so they put it all in one segment, and, um, and the one guy, man, he's money. The one guy with the long, the long hair, hair that was, totally yeah. Totally agree, totally agree. Yeah, he might not look as money as the other three guys, but oh, he's way more money than those other guys. Big time. Mansoor, I think that's, some of them M, started mm-hmm. with an M. Or, yeah. yeah. So, anyways. Yeah, that's, I get what you're saying, Jimbo. But, yeah, it's, that's, it's getting kind of. uh
1: Why well, spread it out when you yeah, can have it no, all yeah. invested in one spot? Yeah. Okay.
2: It <clears throat> makes
4: sense. Well, there was also, there was a lot of moments. There was the ladder match, if you guys want to talk about that.
2: The... I didn't even see it. Yeah, there was
4: the ladder match. there's Brock Roman. There's yeah. a lot of good stuff. Brock yes. Roman
2: stuff. I. Some people were complaining about that. I thought it was just fine. I don't know what they were expecting out of that. <laughs> I, I don't. I mean, except for maybe a title change.
3: Right. I think and I think I people think, were expecting a title change.
2: Yeah, but oops, sorry. Right. Sorry we did sorry we didn't get give you exactly what you thought you were getting.
3: You got some NXT guys that you've never seen before. I know people always love yeah. that. Dan Matha, uh, Tucker Knight from Heavy Machinery, and Baba Tunde. Yeah.
2: And that big sumo guy. What the F was yeah. that?
3: Yeah.
4: <laughs> and he's the, he's a real sumo. I think he's they, had, they had a very successful just, sumo had, wrestler. He had just retired or something like that. Really? Yeah, because apparently if you're a sumo wrestler and you, you you can't show up in pro wrestling unless you're retired. That's correct. So.
2: Yeah.
3: It's like the Olympics. Yeah. Gotta be it. Anyway. <laughs> no, right, no Not
2: anymore. Olympics hasn't been that way in years.
3: They can be professionals in the yes. Olympics? Yes. Oh. No. Oh, no, I should but try it, out. It,
0: yeah. You
2: Is should.
3: there anything you'd like to add about the greatest Royal Rumble show?
2: No.
0: Were, no? were there any highlights from the Royal Rumble match itself? Not really. <laughs> solid battle royal fair.
2: Not even that solid. Because like there's. And somebody brought this up to me, maybe Jimbo.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, you know when you guys make their entrances, they get in there and there's nobody like waiting to like feed them a little bit. It's just it kills it. Sorry, you got to do that. I mean, you don't have to, but you have to if you want it to be a good Rumble match. For Christ's sakes.
3: You think there were so many guys that they just said no? Just get in there and do something.
2: Maybe. Yes. Maybe. Yeah, but I mean. They could have done a little something, not more. I I know that for a fact. So. All
3: right. Well, let's top this off with a feel good story. There it is. We're gonna talk a little bit more about Cauliflower Alley Club in a little bit, but I want to tell you guys a little bit about them. You know that Sean will be at their Hall of Fame ceremony this Wednesday. You kidding me? You, yes. I did not know Are that. Are you? I, I'll get you booked. Listen, I also I think Kevin Undergaro wants to come. Just saying. So let's let us let everybody know a little bit about Cauliflower Alley. They help wrestlers in need. They've helped more than 1,000 current and former wrestlers, executives, and fans, most recently giving to a guy named Brickhouse Brown, who was suffering from stage 4 cancer. He couldn't afford to get the surgery that he needed. Well, president and CEO of Cauliflower Alley Club, Bla- Brian Blair, he got in there. He himself is a former AWA star from the 80s. He's a and- Florida
2: star. He's his WWE the- star. East- Stars, bees, right? the Killer Bees. He, I mean, uh, Brian's been around since. Oh my God. Anyways, Brian's <laughs> a great guy, and he was former Hillsborough County Commissioner as well.
3: Yeah, clearly a great guy. He paid yeah. for uh, Brickhouse Brown's second opinion, chemotherapy, new medications, everything that he needed. Brickhouse Brown now says he feels like a million bucks. Awesome. And you guys can go to caulifloweralleyclub.org dot org if you want to give, learn more about them, or you know more info about this event coming up on Wednesday
2: and Brickhouse was an excellent he was a great guy and and he was he was around since I very first started watching wrestling yeah yeah great body fantastic physique uh he was in the tag team in the late 80s called the blackbirds with Iceman King Parsons at, outside of WWE kind of got some traction mm-hmm. um, uh anyways yeah I'm gonna be, oh he was also in this tag team and when when breakdancing became a thing in the early 80s and hip you know hip hop music was starting to you know um get big when breakdancing became a thing and you know how in wrestling if something becomes big you know they're going to try to jump on that but <laughs> it was just the worst version of of trying to like capitalize on the breakdancing phenomenon they had brickhouse brown and this of their wrestler named Johnny Condori, another black guy. And so they're two black guys, so let's put them together Actually. and they could be the break dancers. Right? Neither one of them could break dance worth this shit. <laughs> it was so embarrassing as somebody that was a man of break dancing. But it was so typical of wrestling, looking back on that, especially <laughs> Southern wrestling. But um, anyways, well, I, so I, I love House Brown, and I'm so happy that uh, Cauliflower Alley was, was able to help. And... Um, so, it, as, as okay, probably as you're listening to this, right. I will be in um, Las Vegas, and Kevin Undergaro is coming with me, um, and Scott Hall and Kevin Nash will be there with me, and we're going to present Shawn Michaels with the Lutha's Award.
3: Huge deal!
2: Yeah, it's going to be great. I've never been to the Cauliflower Alley uh, Club Club reunion, and I've been asked like. Like the the old president, his name was Carl Lauer. He he used to like occasionally like bug me about it.
3: <laughs> yeah, always been around, around too.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. There was a guy whose his name was I am Mike Mazurki, and he was a uh, one of I think one of the first wrestling guys that I saw. Like looking back, crossover into movies and mm. and that. Anyways, cauliflower clubs great, and I'm looking forward to uh, going there this. Well, today, I guess. Yeah. For everyone that's listening on Wednesday. And we're looking forward (laughs) to hearing
3: all about it next week.
2: Yeah. So okay.
3: But but first, we got way more of today's show coming at you. We will be back in just a moment with NWA World Heavyweight Champion Nick Aldis and writer director Dave Lagana. Stay tuned.
2: Hey, x 12360 fans, I just wanted to tell you two ways that you can support the show to help it grow. First, if you've ever wanted a shout out a surprise message for various occasions from me, all you have to do is visit CelebVM.com slash Sean Waltman to request a video today. Not only does it support the show, but a portion of the proceeds go to charity. Second, visit prowrestlingteescom Waltman. That's the only place to grab shirts with the X Pac 12360 logo, Wolfpack, or many other designs. If you pick up a shirt, make sure to tweet us using the hashtag #XPac12360. That's celebvmcom Waltman for a personal message from me, X Pac. And pro wrestling slash Sean Waltman for X Pac, Wolf and X Pac One, Two, Three, Sixty gear. Thanks for supporting the show. Now let's get back to it.
3: Welcome back to Xbox One, Two, Three, Sixty. Two guests joining us now. One is a writer-director for over 20 years who's worked on an array of projects, including the sitcom Friends and documentaries. Oh, and he's also written over 1,000 hours of professional wrestling, including WWE, TNA, and Ring of Honor. Our other guest today was a teenage bodybuilder when he began training for pro wrestling at age 16. He's held singles titles and tag team titles around the world with heavyweight partners like Samoa Joe. You'll remember him as Magnus, defeating AJ Styles for the TNA World Championship. He ended uh, AJ Styles and Sting's careers over there at TNA. He competed in the United Kingdom reboot of Gladiators and is a father of one and husband to WWE superstar, Mickey James. Please welcome to the show... Show, Dave Lagana and NWA World Heavyweight Champion Nick Aldis. Yeah, uh,
2: thank you. Thank you. Thank how you about that nice. intro? That's pretty good.
6: Yeah, you're gonna go everywhere with us. And do uh,
3: that. Thank you. There's more where that came
6: from.
2: Delightful. Nice. <laughs> hey, thank you guys. Oh thank you for having us. Hey, having so us, yeah. um, so I got uh, I got a message from from you, Dave, the yep. other day, saying uh, you guys could stop in and um. So I, I rearranged the schedule a little Appreciate bit and, uh, and you guys are here and I'm so happy to have you. Yeah.
6: We, uh, Nick wrestled yesterday and we're going to yeah. Vegas for cauliflower holidays.
2: So. so yesterday would be, um, Sunday. So, yeah. okay. Full no, disclosure. This today is Monday, <laughs> today is Monday and we're taping the show, um, you know, out of sequence because and you guys will be there too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wednesday we'll all be at the Cauliflower Alley Club. Right,
6: first time for me. Yes, and me, first and, time and, my, time. and 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 me
2: as well. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to it, and and that. But yesterday, Sunday, you guys had a match. Uh, you had you defended the title uh, championship wrestling from Hollywood versus PJ Black.
5: Well, it didn't defend the title. It oh, was you a, didn't. Uh, it was a yeah, it was I was um, it was a segment where I I issued an open challenge. Yeah, to, um if anyone could last five minutes and they get a title shot. And I okay. I went through a couple of guys and then I I you know decided to. Let's have a third one, and then it was PJ's surprise, and um yeah, he took it to me a little bit, as you can see.
2: Did he slip one over on you the nine t- non-title <laughs> no, match? No, 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 no. Okay, was- obviously he's right. still the champion. No, but I'm saying, you know, yeah, yeah. I was, I was wondering if you guys were trying yeah. to build up for a rematch.
5: He's uh, well, you know, that, that, that's up to uh, that's up to Billy and Dave, but you know, yeah, he, yeah. I mean, obviously he got his licks in.
2: How did it go? How'd the match go? Great. Yeah,
5: uh, yeah, I'm a big fan of PJ.
2: Yeah, okay. So, uh, were there any issues with, uh, you know, championship wrestling from Hollywood's ring is like is pretty tiny.
5: Yeah, I know they they, they are talking about getting a bigger yeah. one. Right? like that's I can't wait for that because I really like going there. Like like yeah. actually like working there and and the, but but the ring is a it's an issue for me because yeah. I think like I never consider myself a big guy. Right. Like if I would come around in your era, I'd be average sized, yeah. you know, but it's, but now it's, it's everywhere I go, it's people kind of like, like Hey, you want to, you know, you don't have to sell that if you don't want to. And I'm like, What are you talking about? You know, like it, I don't, I don't work like that. Right. But when you're in those smaller rings, sometimes it, it, it negates your, if you're bigger, it's like hard to explain to people because then you, you know, and then you see like, Oh, well, it's, you know, it was kind of sloppy or it was kind of slow. And it's like, Yeah, because, I have to, I have to do everything corner to corner in a in a ring like that. Right, it's not the same as being yeah. able to just like if I go full tilt at something, I'm gonna end up in the ropes every time, and that's you know it looks, sure. it looks crap. Like so, you have to you have to modify your style a bit, and that's the thing that people don't really understand. And, and it, I'm used to it because coming up in England, it was like all the rings were small, but that's why we all good footwork. Yeah, but the style is different. If you're gonna do a high octane, high paced, you know, style like you you know you can't stop every 2 minutes and sort of adjust and you know it's not the say like british style as you know is much more you know it's it's more intricate so yeah. you, you need the bigger ring for sure Right know yeah
6: so it was a good it was a good appetizer for what we want to do with
1: them mm-hmm. so
2: yeah so uh we were uh i think everyone watched the latest 10 pounds of gold oh i loved it yeah i love the whole series it's amazing
1: how has it, really it been is. Doing this series, have you got to meet former NWA champions? What do they think
6: about it? Uh, it's been interesting. To, I think we'll find a cauliflower sort of the reaction, but I've wanted to do this series all the way back to when Adam Pierce was the NWA champion, and I had pitched it to him back then. And again, technology was far different then, so it's just been an exploratory thing and everybody's just the fact that we're respecting the history. And when Billy bought it, it was like, we had two things we wanted to protect the shield and obviously the title. And so yeah. that's what we're doing every week with the show. So,
2: and so when you guys, okay, when everything first started coming together and, and you and Billy came together and it was before any of the 10 pounds of gold, yeah, we've been basically made.
6: business partners all the way back to the TNA stuff. Oh, so okay. um, when he started his investment, you know, I was there to sort of help his interest inside there and, Turned into a real bad situation and we both got out and, you know, we're very happy with it. And there was about a six week period where we didn't know what we were going to do. And then the opportunity with the NWA came around, I think, February of last year. And that took six months to get settled out. And once we started working, we just, we've been going, so...
4: Dave, what's been the most appeal, like, for you, most satisfying thing to be able to bring out these stories? And not only that, like, for example, you know, you're working so closely with Nick, you're working so closely with Tim Storms to bring their story and you humanize Tim Storms so well with the whole teacher aspect and all of that stuff. How has that been working with everybody and kind of bringing that out?
6: For me, it's been because obviously I've done a lot and obviously I worked with Sean in 2002. I I took everything that we all didn't like about experiences other and tried to Work with talent. We talked about this today. It's like, what motivates talent to want to be a part of something new and completely a startup? Like, finding what works, and it's their real stories because I was a writer, Sean, you're going to say this. And you're like, no, I don't want to say that. Yeah, and that then this, sucks. Yeah, so we've had that conversation multiple <laughs> right. times. And so, for me to be able to reinvent what we're doing, I want to go the complete opposite way. Like, I have a degree in television, yeah. I went to College of Maria. I have a degree in television production, which I didn't use. Maria Menounos. Yeah, I actually—I was telling Sean as I, was, I do, when I was a senior, she was a freshman, and I used to direct her on the newscast. I never did that after I left college, yeah. so for me, this is going back to my roots, and I just—I like being able to tell stories in a completely different way.
2: So, before the first te- uh, ten pounds of gold, did you already have it figured out how how you wanted it all to be, or is it kind of just a work in progress and it's kind of? Started coming together. As I, you
6: I, I tell him and Billy when I start an episode, I was like, "I have nothing." Like, and then I start to dig through stuff yeah. and find sound bites, and that's the exciting part because instead of having a full vision before, we have things that work. I might take two sound bites from this, or I mm-hmm. might use the whole thing. I never know until we get there, and that's that's the complete opposite of how yeah. wrestling's done. Everybody plans everything out, and we're trying to find sure. stories as they go. So,
2: and just it's such a different way of doing it. You know, you're taking Nick on on the road and traveling to all these different promotions. Mm-hmm. Instead of you know starting your own brick and mortar, uh, you yeah. know promotion, and I just think it's brilliant, and and I don't but think anyone really thought of doing it that way.
6: That's the way the world is. I mean, yeah. Again, I I worked on this channel back in yeah. 2011 before TNA, and they were way ahead of the curve on a lot of stuff. The the establishment's breaking down. There will yes. always be a there will always be a WWE, but the the opportunity to create for yourself is. It's there. It's
2: a lot more decentralized, yeah. huh?
6: The fact that you could have a yeah. talk show and think about it, 10 years ago, you would this wouldn't have been possible. And now you can do it weekly, daily, every minute if sure. you want. So that, that's why we saw this opportunity and why we're doing it this way instead of, we're about today, running a show weekly because that's what you do with a wrestling yeah. promotion. I don't know why you have to do it that way. The,
5: are- the pressure of that is just astronomical. Yeah. People have no idea about the cost involved in something like that. Yeah. It's just, okay, we, we talked about that earlier where – we don't you know i don't know what the what the dollar amount is but whatever the dollar amount is that has been spent so far on everything including the purchase of the brand and everything that maybe that would have got us maybe 3 3 shows yes. three, three good shows then what mm-hmm. you know and ev- and then all you've done now is you set up a situation up where everyone's like okay what's next yeah because it's not it's still not going to be com- competitive with WWE's production value and talent wise or anything else we can't get guys under contract can't get anything that's going to make you stand out or any versus anyone else so then it's like yeah. Okay, now what? And now you've, now you've set a precedent. Now you've got to follow up with that. And that's, I believe, is part of the reason what, you know, why, why Impact ran into so many problems. Because sure. they went, oh, we're doing well. Let's get this and this and this and this and this. And everyone went, okay, well, now you have to keep doing that. And yeah. you know, you, you've screwed yourself.
6: It's the perception versus reality. Well, we can't create that perception. So we're going completely real. Yeah. But this is it. You know what I mean? It's like, well, you don't have a promotion. Yes, we don't I have a champion. But this is what the brand was. And it, if you ask somebody what was the NWA in 1970, they would say Jack Briscoe, Harley Race. They wouldn't say, "Oh, it was a bunch of Dory prom- Funk Jr." Yeah, it wasn't a bunch of promoters. Like right. name three promoters, nobody could. They well, could name um, the champions.
5: There also wasn't an NWA Monday Night TV. Yeah. you know, there was. They didn't have an NWA branded television show. It was a it was a, a governing body. Yeah. You
6: know? So that that's what we started with, and we'll scale it from that. Or if it's only this forever, then it's this. But we're happy with it. and so- like, that's the point.
2: So the the thing that, that I'm noticing though is you're going around to different promotions and they are not they're not all necessarily part of the NWA.
6: Nobody is. The, the, gotcha. The, okay. When we bought the company, I talked to every one of the promoters and it was Carneyland Central. And it was <laughs> it was I mean we had three guys try and hold us up with the belts. And like they all wanted, they all wanted spots,
2: and they all had this me- antiquated mentality on yes. how the business should work. Yeah, you know, just playing dress up. Yeah, yeah.
6: And, and we were very clear. And I said, no, we're not going to do it this way. But if you'd like to have an at bat, if you play ball now, we'll, I'll guarantee you, they all wanted the. Which, payoff. by the way, Tim Storm did. Yes, Tim did. Tim Tim is a quality human being and great hundred percent. Tim was offered five figures to drop the title to somebody else against our against our wishes by by a promoter. And I called Tim when I found out. He goes He goes, Can I get that money from you? I'm like, No, Tim. I said but, but it, like he was joking if you know Tim and it sure, was just like way. and I, I had such respect for him and he told me a story and I'm like I called Billy, I said, This is what we should do. And he's a quality human being and nobody knew who he was, so let's let's go with it. And it was so great and that's how we got this cuz I I can't say this is what we wanted to do. I knew we wanted to do some version of this, but every day we find something new. Yeah. Like he's not a character. It's it's mostly him, you know what I mean? It's not like I'm oh, I think you should say this today. It's more like, all right, I like what you said here. Let's go in that direction.
2: And can you talk about the like any of the the difficulties you've had when trying to with trying to do it this way with, you know, uh you know cooperation between you know with the different promotions
6: we're very clear from from the start like so anytime we set up a situation we'd like to do this this and this if you agree great what are you looking to get out of it and everybody's been very happy we've had no situation with anybody going oh i feel like you took advantage of us because they're getting exposure and we're providing them a completely different way to promote their brand as in uh, vice versa and it's it's all handshake agreements it's Again, the opposite of the old way of like, well, I'm a promoter. I have the rights to. This. No, it's like we want to do what's good for the brand, not just what yeah. people want to do for it.
2: So. And it's not just, you know, little um, random promotions here and there that are that are uh, taking advantage of this. I've seen recently House of Hardcore with Tommy Dreamer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. How did that go Nick?
5: Well, I was I was actually I'd been working with Tommy, you know, prior to, to it, I, I actually both of those guys. like were, they, Billy and Dave contacted me last summer. Yeah. And it was around the same time that Tommy had kind of contacted me the same way and said, "I, I, I see you as my top heel, and like I want to of, you know, build a whole sort of set of stories around you at House of Hardcore." So I said, "Great, you know." So, I think you know this in, in the business, people go through, like when when I when I did this show before, uh, it wasn't a great point for me, right? Like, and it was a point where I was kind of on the fence about where you know what was next, and people sense that, but they can also sense when if you're going to dig yourself out of that, then they start to get that. And that energy comes back and you, and I felt like I was in a good place and I had that good energy. Like, you know, and people get that and they sense that and they feel that. So then subsequently when I had this conversation with, with Dave and Billy, it was like immediately I had a good feeling about it. I didn't really know what it was yet, but I had a very good feeling about that and felt like my presentation as a talent and my aspirations outside of wrestling, um you know as a human being fit very well with that with that ethos yeah. and then you know tommy i didn't necessarily see myself as that guy but i also realized that that's a perfect reason to be there because it is the antithesis yeah. of that you know so in, in that respect they sort of worked at the same time and then you know tommy gets it so it was like he saw all this stuff happening and then we just went well let's just merge these two together and it worked out great and tommy you know he understands that the thing that that to me that the that separates us from it is, is this, this is the asset. Yes. Because we are able just from having that bit of Houston footage to reinforce that over and over again, like the, how much history is behind the title. And suddenly you've got a situation where it's like, Hey, that's the, you know, Harley Race, Jack Briscoe, you know, Dusty Rhodes, Dory Funk Jr., Ric Flair, and suddenly it's like... And, and the, you know, yeah. the 30 for 30 thing on Rick was such a blessing for us timing-wise mm. because, su- you know, suddenly you had all these guys, not just wrestling guys, but ESPN guys, and those going like, yeah, the NWA was my jam. You know, like I wasn't a WWF guy as much. Yeah, Suddenly people are going like, oh, yeah, you know, and, and it, we just felt like it was just one of those things where everything lined up, and that yeah. happens sometimes. You're to ride that wave, you know?
2: Absolutely. Hey, have, have you noticed... And, and this is something I've noticed... This belt means a lot more than it than it used to, mm-hmm. you know. Like say ten years ago, and and I know okay, the the whole industry and you know wrestling's hot again, um, and and I just think it, the the history of the sport, the industry, however you want to put it, is a lot more important now. Yeah, yes. to everyone watching.
6: Well, I yeah. think with the advent of YouTube and yeah. the WWE Network, and you know, it's only I think it's like fifty-one guys have held this title, like yeah. like. There was a year in WCW that that many guys held the, that title. You know sure. what I mean? So like for – like I looked it up the other day. It's, it's it's an amazing list. It's a who's who of pro wrestling, and it's the opposite of WWE. And again, yeah. it's always good to have an American League and a National League. Yeah. Like So for this to exist and still exist and, – and 10 years ago, it was – the internet was such an infancy of that thing that you couldn't really look stuff up. Like if you wanted to look up Dusty Rhodes in 1986 and 2003, you couldn't. And he had to go find a DVD that it maybe was on. So now that it's so accessible, that's why we went to this model of getting the content out.
2: Right on. And so as as you're touring around defending this championship, is it basically, are are you trying to model it still after the old, the, the old way of doing it where mm-hmm. you're going around? Are you the heel everywhere, Nick, usually? I'm the champion. The champion. So it's like, <laughs>
3: and I don't mean that. No, no, I don't, I guess, I'm not saying that no, facetiously. No, I mean no, like,
2: yeah. I,
5: I, <laughs> you you're the obstacle right like yes. like let's face it if i'm if i'm going up um it's an interesting dynamic because sometimes i'm you know it can be 100% heel but then sometimes depending on the the audience or how much of a how much of a local sensibility there is towards the challenger there's more of a respect situation there yeah. uh, you know obviously when i go back to the uk there's always a certain level of respect you know yeah. thrown my way so it's like we we play with that i we Again, the rules have changed. Like we don't, we try not to. We try not to sort of paint ourselves into saying, Well, it has to be this way. It has to be like that. You know, the the to me that the prestige again. We do little things differently. Like right off the bat, one of the things I tried to bring in and we ushered in was, and we did this at Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. First was I said I want to do. In ring instructions with the referee, in ring, you know, in ring intros and in ring instructions, like you see in UFC and see in yeah. boxing, everything else. It's just a little detail that just makes everybody go, "This is slightly different. Like this feels different." And that's enough. Where and I've explained to guys that I work with sometimes, and this you can see them thinking. I know what they're thinking. Like, do we have enough? Like, I don't know if we're, you know. And we're like, trust me. By the time we get all this, half the work is done just in presentation Yeah. because right now so much of the emphasis and everyone internally in their mind is like I have to do all these moves and I have to make sure that I work hard enough and get you know do enough stuff for people to think that I worked and, and it it's about creating feeling yeah. they're creating a moment That's and right. if you can get if you can get seven minutes out of the introductions and everything else but to, to by the time that by the time the referee says you know any questions from the challenger, any questions from the champion go back to you quite people are like yeah hell yeah like let's do this and it's and it works every time it works like because they want to see it, sure. Like, like it's, sure. Like, like let's make it. It's a championship match. Yeah. Let's present it that way, and then as a result, I get presented a different way because I get presented as a champion, sure. and that and that comes down to like you know better than anyone. When you walk through the curtain, like you, you've got like three seconds, maybe you know that's your that's your chance. People are going to make if they've never seen you before, or even if they've never seen you before live in person. That's your that's your chance. Like they're going to go, mm-hmm. they're either going to go okay, I give a shit, or you know whatever. Sure, and that. For me it's like I put I strap that around my waist and I've got my jacket. It's like it's like I'm like Superman, you know, it's like a suit of armor to me now. Like it's sure. same when I wear the suits. It's like I know it's like a it's like a silly thing, but it's like I he will tell you like I flip a switch. Like when mm-hmm. I get dressed and like it's a different it's a different feel. I, I'm immediately like, I just got go to work. And people go like And that's why now all that stuff I did in TNA and all the stuff before that, I never had people coming up to me and speaking to me in the way they speak to me now, in that way of like there's like a there's a different level of a uh, there's a sort of an admiration. They're like, like, I really like what you're doing, not just like, hey, good shit last week, you know, yeah, there's a there's a whole sort of presentation to it. And that's I dig that like, that's, that's what I got into the business to do. You know,
2: right
6: like for yeah. us, it's, it's, I hate to use the term island of misfit toys, but we're all sort of external from everywhere else. And for us to be able to take something that people said was not valuable one year ago, I mean it, it got announced a year Honestly, ago. Honestly,
2: man, it really wasn't. Right, Dave. that's what I mean.
6: Like for us like to be able to rebrand something that everyone said was dead. Yeah. I mean, dead spin wrote, what did he buy? You know what I mean? Like like uh, this is a dead brand. Cool. Retro has become yeah, re- retro has become cool sure. again. 10 years from now
5: someone's going to buy Sears and make that cool.
6: Mm-hmm.
3: It's going to happen. Maybe you.
5: Know, if people knew how much money has actually been spent, like and I'm talking about it's not a lot. Like people sure. assume there's a lot. It's it's a, money isn't the thing it's effort that's it like the the only re, the, the reason that this is back in the prominence that it is is effort you know mm-hmm. and everybody yeah. being on the same page and, and 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 commitment it's not money you know and it's, it's not why we're doing it you know right. what I
6: mean he, he could have taken a contract from any place and and but he sees the opportunity and yeah. the legacy the look at the list of guys who have held this he's on that list now and whoever the next person is this is this is almost like joining a fraternity that is very exclusive. Yeah if somebody would have come to you in 1993 and said, you could be the NWA world champion, you you would want to be on that list. And that's, that's the point. And, and where there's so many titles now, I mean, so many. And now with everybody having replica titles, like this is, this was the title, you know, and, and it always meant something to the guys who held it. That was our goal.
5: It it was huge for me to win the TNA world title, right? Because there was a, there was a moment there where I dare say I probably could have left a couple of years before, and I probably could have got an opportunity at, at WWE who knows, but, there was part of me that felt just at that moment this was like 2013 there was part of me that went i think if i stick around i think i can go all the way and it's like i mean, i'm not a mark for belts you know what i mean i'm not like, it, it, but there was a there was at that point i'd put in whatever like four or four and a half years and you know by the time i had been six years with that company i was like i felt like i could do it i could get, you know and i wanted to at that point because now i was like i want to stick this out now like for yeah. my body of work and, and but Having said that, yeah, it was, it was a bit, you know, it was tainted. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't a great run with that, but that wasn't up to me, but people weren't coming up to me then and saying, can I see the belt? All the time, I'm talking guys in the business. Like,
2: hey, do you mind if I? Yeah. So you didn't even bring the belt in the studio, and I'm like, hey, man, where's the belt?
5: Yeah. Because I'm, uh, you know, (laughs) you know how it is. Like, you're a bit like you're a bit weird about it, right? You don't want to, you don't want to come across like you know you're full of your own shit, but you know, uh, but then and then when you went, you mean you don't wear
2: when you go into (laughs) like when you go into the ale house, you don't wear the belt? Not as much. much. (laughs) (laughs) Tim Sylvia, style. Hey, so, so how many times have you defended the? Title. I think it's twenty plus, we're twenty something. Yeah, twenty yeah. something.
6: And that was that was the everything we do. We come up with a concept and we'll let's execute it. So the Aldus Crusade was sort of to fill this spring period. So like he said, I'll defend the title twenty times over yeah. sixty plus days.
5: We've done that now, and we're, we're now pivoting to new stories. Well, and by the way, that came along organically as yeah. well. Like these were my, those are my existing bookings I had. And then we, at first, we were, weren't really sure how we were going to handle that, and we were going, well, if you want a title match, you need to talk to them, and, and it, they all wanted title matches, of course, mm-hmm. right? And because of the work that we had put in, and the effort that Dave had done, especially with you know with editing and putting these you know these, these, this concept, as soon as that happened, all these bookies I already had they, were, they all hit me up like, oh, can we do an NWA title match? And we, and we yeah. started realizing, well, why not? Like, mm-hmm. like you know, what is the, what is the point in trying to you know make this some sort of premium sure. thing, like, and and that's how, and then, so now people are going, oh, it's so great that you've brought back this whole, this concept of, like, the traveling champion and yeah. stuff. And that, that sort of happened by accident. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So how, so how, has there been any difficulties so far in those 20 different uh, defenses? And you know how when, when you're doing this, and, like, if I'm looking back at how it was done in NWA mm-hmm. before, you go in and... You make the guy look great, mm-hmm. and you make him look, you know, you, mm-hmm. you leave him better, but you still leave with the title. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That can be challenging, man.
5: It can, but that's that's my favorite thing to do, though. Exactly. Also, right on. Like, um, there's there's one that will be coming up soon, and we're gonna—I don't know when we're gonna cover it—but I, I wrestled a, a kid called Brandon Scott in Baltimore okay. at, on the show that you you guys did the signing at, and um, that to me was—I like, was so proud of that match because we we had him, where well, we got standing ovation. And I, I beat him clean my finish. Yeah. Right, that's a hard thing to do. You know, you can do, you can do all these kind of like, oh well, you do a roll up and I flip it and da, da, da. He was, you know, I said, just trust me on this. You know what I mean? Like, and, and we we went through all the stuff, and I shined him up like crazy. Right, but I beat him with my finish. By the time it was, by the time it was over, like, I felt, I, I, I knew, I knew about three minutes before the finish, I knew that we were going to get him, right? And I, and, and he laid down, I laid down, I just said, like, stay down, stay there, stay there, stay there, you know, and I, like, they started coming, they started coming, and he's like, he's getting up, he's like, trying to make his way to the microphone, yeah. you know, the, and I'm like, wait, 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 you know, two make minutes him. later, like, the whole place is standing, and I, we, you know, he says a little piece, I say a little piece, that was all organic, and then I go, stay here, like, I left, I'm done, I've got, yep. I, I'm over, I've got my, you know, yep. my business is transacted here. I left. I said, "Stay right there. Stay in the middle. This is take the floor." By the time I got to the back, the whole place is like chanting his name. So, uh, you know, he didn't win the match, but is he better off now? Absolutely. Like, and that's my job. Like, that's that's the job of, in my opinion, that's your responsibility. So, yeah, like that's it can be challenging if a guy doesn't get it. That's the difference.
2: Well, I mean, when when Flair traveled right. around to all those territories, right. man, sometimes he was in there with really good, excellent guys sure. and sometimes not so much. Right. I'm not yeah. going to name names, sure. but i mean, no, I mean it, was a,
6: it was a challenge he took every time. Yeah. And, and we take this as a challenge every day. And when we looked at it, it was like, you've been to enough shows where it's like, oh, this show's too long or, oh, mm-hmm. this guy does, like, they do too much. We boil it down to exactly what we wanted to do. Yeah. And he takes the challenge every time of who he's going to work with And he doesn't know. I mean, sometimes he gets there, and we've only really had one where the guy was kind of below the level. Yeah, like, and, but he took it as a challenge, but he made sure he took care of himself and didn't come down to the guy's level. And we take the same thing. So every interaction I have, I do multiple phone calls and you know right away when somebody's working and it's just like okay this guy's super carny and we're yeah. not we're not going to go with that so, so far
5: it's been surprisingly easy sailing. yes like <laughs> the, the, you know there the, a few discussions here and there but most of the time it just doesn't materialize like we're, we're like I'm I'm content enough or comfortable enough to just be like you know what maybe we should not do it yeah like if it's going to be if, if if you just feel like someone's trying just not going to budge and not or want something that doesn't really fit with you know doesn't do business for both people sure. because there's a way to do business for both people always you know this yeah like and if a guy doesn't see it it's just like a waste of time because it's like well, all right well you know good luck with you know gotcha. with endeavors <laughs>
2: yeah and so there's a lot of talent out there I mean, there's not, there's never been a better time for wrestling, and i i I say this a lot lately. In my opinion, there's never been a better time to be a wrestling fan. In my opinion, a wrestler. Of course. And uh, so that being said, all the talent out there that's not in WWE right now. Um, do you have a wish list of guys you want to defend that against? Um, some of them I've actually, I've, I've had, I guess. Um, like I,
5: I wrestled Matt Cross uh last week and like no, i was we're... such a fan of his work yeah you know, and and for me it's it, it's surprising to a lot of people because i i had this conversation with him i was like i think bookers and promoters a lot of the time tend to just shoot their wad. like they go straight to the the dream match like okay. i hate the i hate the term dream match it's it
2: because sets it up for failure almost
5: yes and a dream match Shouldn't that? It should only exist by the time you've built these two, you know, separate entities, and they've circled each other to the point where there is a, you know, it's not just like, oh well, this guy's really good at high flying and doing all this stuff. So let's put him against the other guy who's really good at doing high flying. Okay, great. So now you've got those two guys in one segment, and now what's the, re- you know. Mm-hmm. And, and it,
2: anyone can put, anyone can fantasy yeah, book no, yeah. that kind of shit. Of
5: like, and, and so, like, the, when when someone, you know, when someone books me in context and says, you know, how do you feel about like doing like an NWA tie match with Matt Cross? I'm like, absolutely. You know what yeah. I mean? Because most people are like, whoa, that's a weird matchup. And I'm like, that's the point. It's a chess match. Like, and, and I love doing those like cat and mouse matches with those kind of guys. Like, that's how I, that was my whole career. Like, I worked with Marty a bunch when I first came up and stuff like that because we, you know, there wasn't that many heavyweights yeah. in England, or if they were, you know, Brian, I mean, Brian Dixon's business was that strong at that point that he would have two or three teams out on the road at once. So they, he would split us all up because it was a variety show. So it would beat you, or you would do a lot more of that stuff. And a lot of the time now, it's super frustrating because they're like, oh, we'll put you against the other like six foot, four, 250 pound guy. And that's fine. It's great. Yeah. But it's kind of like, I hate the word should, you know what I mean? Like that, that's my, it, It's it, and that's something that I think in the business gets you know thrown around a lot like well he should you know that's what that's what it should be like and that's what you know this should be like no make something compelling right create content that makes you know that's interesting and makes people feel something and that's then you're halfway there like that's my whole thing
6: that's what we are doing you know what i mean like we we are doing this like we don't have to we didn't have to even do this trip and we're like we can make something really compelling out of this and that's the that's the fun of it
2: yeah you you, i'm sorry christy you were mentioning um the second time I heard you talk about how you make people feel, that's mm-hmm. there's nothing more important than mm-hmm. that. Right. Nothing.
6: That's where we start. Everything yes. is like, are they going to feel like okay, or at least feel like we're continuing something? That's our yeah. goal every time. That's
2: my number one goal when I go and do a show and and meeting meet and greets that like you know people have, you know they can order your eight x ten online right. or take a quick selfie going through. The, But when you take time and, you know, you make somebody feel a certain Mm -hmm. way, they never forget that. It's
6: experience. That's what we're selling, experience and what people felt for this. And I used to go to NWA shows in 1985 with my grandfather. And Dusty Rhodes was nice to my grandfather. He never forgot it. So I take that with me everywhere.
1: Well, Mm -hmm. speaking of NWA shows, you were there when Shane Douglas dumped the NWA title to then go back to that
6: same building. I was there the night Shane threw the belt down. With
1: the 10 Pounds of Gold documentary. So
6: what was that like? It was interesting because at that day, I hadn't even spoken to Shane. And so, like, he knew we were coming. He kind of sort of side-eyed the belt, and Tim said hello to Tim. We were ready to do something. He's like, I I just don't want to do anything right now. And so it was really interesting, and I don't think we – I didn't want to go there yet because, you know, I think people were really interested to follow th- these guys, but we treated it accurately. He did it. Yeah. It was a part of history, and we're not going to ignore it, which happens a lot in wrestling. A lot gets ignored.
2: Man, and I'm going to be honest with you, and and I was dear friends with mm-hmm. Dennis Carluzzo, and, like, I, like, when you watch that back and you see the look on his oh, yeah. face, oh, my God. But... Honestly, that was a pretty smart move. Yeah,
5: Every,
6: everybody. It was
2: uh, brilliant. Yeah,
5: it did business. It did great yes. business for him, and it set up a whole yes. chain of events that led to ECW. You know, yeah. so you got you know not we, we don't look at it as we don't we don't we don't now suddenly go oh well now now I'm the NWA champion now I'm offended by this you know it's just right like we're history. carrying
2: over a grudge that wasn't yeah, it's even just mine. history
5: like <laughs> yeah. it, and like like what we talked about before when you know the thing that sets us apart, you can't buy history you can anyone yeah. can pump a boatload of money into setting up all this crazy stuff and go, we're going to do things differently, but you can't buy history, you know, well, actually. Actually, we
6: did.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
5: but but the- my point is that that's, you know, that's the most valuable asset here is yeah. the history behind it. This title has existed
6: in every wrestling promotion. When you go look at it, it was the title that's kicked off TNA. It existed in ECW. It was defended in the AWA. It was defended in WWF. I yeah. mean, like, it's been everywhere. You can't change that. And so that's why we really love it, and it's been great.
3: And does that make you more comfortable that other people aren't going to be able to go out and do exactly what you guys are doing, do the traveling championships and kind of bring it all back?
6: Vince could do this, and he doesn't. And and we talk about it. It's like we notice little things start to pop through, and we're fine with it yeah. because we know what we can do, and we're happy to do it. Because that's the thing. I always hear people say, oh, I had the idea for Uber before Uber. It's like, didn't. no, then do it. You know yeah. what I mean? And there were five Ubers
5: before Uber. You just have to execute it, and we know what we're executing. We're happy with it. I don't think any of us really knew what our idea was. Anyway. No, I remember like one of the first conversations we had as a after after basically like Dave contacted me first, and I was in the middle of we were in the middle of moving house actually, so it was sort of kind of stressful. But and he sort of laid out this stuff, and I just said, "Well, look, I'm available." You know what I mean? I don't really know what I'm doing right. Now. I don't even. And he he knew he could sense it because he was like, "Where are you at?" Like you know, and I and I just kind of told him, and he said, "Well, look, this is what we have in mind." And we got this stuff, and I I listened and was very you know cautious. It sort was of, you know obviously got a pretty healthy skepticism of everything at this point in my career in yeah. life but said sure you know i'm around as soon as i hung up the phone billy called me and then he'd spend 20 minutes just you know talking about dick the bruiser and this and that and how he you know his his vision of what he thinks you know and i got off the phone then and went okay i'm in with this guy like because i didn't really know what yeah to, you know I, me, billy and i had a cup of coffee together in TNA his first time there on the creative team was like my last set of tapings before my contract expired and I left so we didn't really have a relationship other than a very you know than a couple of discussions about one segment or something you know so I didn't I didn't have any idea what he was into I probably had a preconceived idea that he was more going to be into like hipster wrestling and you know stuff that didn't really sure I didn't necessarily you know fit as the archetype or kind of Cookie Pro Wrestler, which is another word I find hilarious. Were, were but,
2: you pleasantly surprised to find out that wasn't the case? Absolutely. Like, he's into, got, okay, we need a big guy to be, like, you know, kind of the old man. Like, yeah. I like yeah. that.
5: I, well, and I I wouldn't have got on board. Honestly, I, just, I wouldn't have got on board if I had felt like, because, you know, at the end of the day, like, if you... <laughs> like i learned very quickly at tna once you're if your vision for yourself doesn't line up with the person who's making the decisions like you're screwed Correct. like there's nothing you can do about that yeah. and like once they've decided like you're done like you're done so was, you know and that's what happened with jungle work at tna and i just went all right cool i'm out then you know because you you can't fight that there's, no there's point.
2: nothing you can do no. you and 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 it's just like pissing against yep. the wind really yeah yep. to, to do it and and I, you're absolutely right. I mean, unless you're just trying to get the money, sure. Like, it's time to go. Right, right. And a
6: lot of guys make that choice. Yeah. A lot of guys sit and, and they let the good years of their career. We were talking about the first year of a character on television is the most important. And when, once you make that sacrifice for the paycheck, then that's the choice you made. Yep. But the audience will never forget. Like you're for, I mean, most people's first time seeing you was when you beat Razor. Yep. But I had seen you in Global. So I brought that installed knowledge for when you, when you won there, and it took it even further. And like, like if you wouldn't have had that start and would have started another way, it just, it wouldn't have been the same for you. And like yeah. that, that's what's interesting. And that's why this first year has been really important for us to remake. People have an, have an impression of him. They have an impression of me. They have an impression of Billy. And we yeah. want to take our time doing this. And everyone's like, "Well, when are you going to start shows? When are you going to do this? Enjoy what we're doing
2: now because this and is. This what's is the, what's, why would you? We're, Honestly, we're, I, I mean, maybe eventually it evolves into yeah. that. But like at this point, is it. Are you guys just are you happy with keeping ten pounds of gold in the digital space?
6: Yeah, and, and you know, we've talked to multiple people and we're talking about you know if you know, Phil DeFranco and Casey yeah. Nestot. They both made big deals with big conglomerates that they both now got out of because being independent is so important. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like for us we're good at our own speed because we're all happy, we're all doing well, and we're, we're creating something that nobody out from the outside – we're not letting the money dictate yeah. what we're doing.
2: Are you are you, are you you happy so far with the eyes and ears you, like, yeah. that have been on, on the product? We're
6: way further ahead than I thought we would be, and sometimes we're like, oh, we, we could be going faster. And I think we just – that's what we take every day one step at a time and go, okay. Yeah. Like today, we interviewed PJ Black. And I'm like, he works well in this setting as not as well as in that setting. So we're just finding what everybody's good at and putting
5: them in the right spot for that.
2: PJ Black, that's a what a talent that Super is! Talent. Yeah. such a
5: unique story. yeah, just such a unique presentation, just a unique person all around. I mean, South African, right? How many other South African wrestlers can you name? I feel about not that right.
2: as good as he was. And the yeah. guy,
5: you know, he's a chick magnet. He's totally unique. He's a, like the most free spirited guy probably I've ever met. Right, like
2: Daredevil, would jump on oh an airplane. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And just, Every time I see yeah. him, hey,
5: check this video out, man. Like, yeah. And it's like some, you know, he's like doing something completely out- outrageous. I'm like, what is your life, you know? Like,
2: <laughs> hey, how about it? How about an NWA world title defense against PJ Black in South Africa? That would be amazing. Yeah, oh,
6: and in a great story that nobody's told. Right. He jumped. He base jumped a year ago and broke both of his legs and lost a part of his finger. And so he is – rest. I mean, like – and nice. sitting there, no one's telling the story. And I'm like, it's worth it for us because as a story, it's great.
5: And yeah. by the way, that's a, that's that's like scratching the surface of, like, what a compelling right. story he has. Like, once mm-hmm. you see this stuff play out on 10 Pounds of Gold with his background and, you know, his family and everything, it's like it's, – it's off to the races with him. I'm 100% confident about that.
1: So who else's story do you want to tell on 10 Pounds of Gold? Anybody.
5: Like, anybody's got a great story, and that's the thing. We find them one
6: at a time, and – we wouldn't want to tell ten at a time, like we told the Cabana story, we told the I, Tommy dreamer, dreamer story, so like I really love the
2: the because i 'm a big fan of Colt Cabana, mm-hmm. so I really enjoyed the that latest one with Colt yeah,
6: yeah. and and like they're all different, and I'm trying to make them different yeah. and and that's the the best part is finding the story and then letting the guy like like today we sat and talked for like forty five minutes at pj i'll use eight minutes of it And yeah. there's all this extra stuff, and that's what's the best part is finding these stories and then and crafting them, and then we're going to expand it, you know we will. More, you know, yeah. we want to do a women's division. We want it, but we want our women's division
5: to be different. How? No idea. We'll like find I, it. I, and I, like some of the stuff we've done with towards that too. I can't wait for that to come out. Yeah. And it's yeah. just yeah. everybody's I got stories,
6: it. and you know, when you work for a company, you are telling somebody else's story. We want to tell your story in our world. It's yeah. a little small difference, but. We don't have the, I think he said, it, Billy doesn't go, it's mine, and we're going to do everything. Like, he wants to hear from everybody, and everyone gets the thing. Like, even the day you came, everybody there was a part of the conversation of what we should do. And that's the best part. And it's no singular uh, sure. dictatorship.
2: Yeah. If somebody wants to add to, the, if somebody wants to try bring it. something to the picnic, bring it, yeah, right?
6: Try, try it. And that's the point, is yeah. is we all try stuff. And if it doesn't work, either we don't air it, or we say, okay, we learned Nothing is catastrophic. I mean, you've probably seen plenty of catastrophic gimmicks, but guys still find a way to get over, and if
2: talent's there. That's right.
4: So you now, know, you- I'm sorry.
2: Go ahead, Denise. So you
4: guys were recently in China, but what I wanted to know is, do you guys want to do any title defenses in pro wrestling, in, in all Japan or pro wrestling NOAA or maybe Mexico?
6: Yeah, we've we've talked to various different things. It's just the situation has to be right and find people's motivation for why they want to do it. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, this belt has been defended in New Japan. I think it was. I don't know about Noah, but all Japan it was. Like it's it, it's the situation. It's not just we want to do it there. The Cabana story was interesting because of Colt's history with the title, and that we the the China is just an interesting element. It has to have
5: multiple layers for it to be something. I think you're going to find in this year, especially in 2018, and going into next year that a lot of the preconceived ideas of what people think can happen in terms of promotions and different, you know, working relationships and stuff are, are, are not going to be what you think. Like there's, it, there's way more possibilities than people are realizing at this point because I think so. these these well, sort of – these are, this idea of this is what people can't wrap their head around is it's like what's the promote – what is it? What's the promotion? It's not a promotion. You know, it, it, think of it almost – we look at it. We had this conversation the other day. We almost look at it at the moment and it might change. But right now we almost look at it kind of like – a boxing when you see a boxing match, it's like so and so promotions and so and so promotions have got together to present. Yes. This, right. Yes. And that's kind of where we're at because you're going to see in the next. It's coming up very very soon on there's some stuff on deck that's going to make a lot of people go what like and because we the, the, the idea of the, the wait the NWA title is going to be defended there like mm-hmm. on that. So what does that mean? And it's nothing. The, the NWA has mm-hmm. <laughs> sanctioned a, 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 a NWA title match at this particular event. And it's that to me is a very exciting space
2: to sure. be. Sure, yeah, and it's just you know there was there one of the prevailing mentalities that in the industry was oh they're the they're the competition we have mm-hmm. to destroy them we have to crush them no right no we don't right we can work together right mm-hmm. you know right. and and it and it makes it better for everyone. Look at the
5: the, 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 the WCW invasion. It was like it, I loved it as a fan, but now I think back on it you're like. God, how much better could that have been? But none of the guys came because they all sat at home and took, you know, millions of dollars. More power to them. But to have been able – why did we even have to wait for that to take place? Why could we – you know, imagine if – the imagine in, in 98 if somehow WCW and WWF had been able to negotiate a situation with let's do some sort of super event. It's Goldberg and Stone Cold Steve Austin in the main event. Well, goosh, you know, like yes. everyone's like, what, you know, like, but, but, oh, you know, no, we can't do that because, that, you know, why? Like, is, aren't we all just trying to make money? Like, and it's, it, there's, there's an element to that where we're slowly chipping away at that, at that idea, and yeah, s- the, you know,
6: smart the people other are mentality to come to it.
2: honestly just has to die out, well, and, and, and it's generational. And, and, and it has to die. Like, a lot of it's just going to take some of the people that have that mentality to. Mm-hmm you know i think with the, the volume, bucket, hate sure. with the volume of the volume of content
5: that is being put out that's that's the other thing that's going to force this issue i think because there's only going to be you know and i again i'm not trying to take shots at anyone but like these all these matchups and we've seen them a bazillion times already how many times can you want to, what you know this wrestler versus this wrestler mm-hmm. right and it's yeah. like because well, well this one versus this one can't happen why it can it's just it, you're you're just not allowing it to happen yeah. you know and that's and i think that because of how much content is being put out all the time, that's going to force that issue. Because people are going to start going like, "I want to see that." Like, um, no, don't make me, don't make me watch, sit through this again. Like, I want to see that guy against that guy. How do we make that happen? And I think that's where we're going to be within six months, maybe a year.
2: Nice. Mm-hmm. You well, don't want to spill. Go ahead, oh, no. Denise.
4: Well, this past WrestleMania weekend, you know, you were in New Orleans at the Ring of Honor show mm-hmm. and you were looking at Marty Scurll, Dalton Castle, PI or something Well, here's so are you going to be all in against Marty Scurll?
0: We are
5: we, to we, enter are, we are. we are. We are. We are discussing a, a, a number of possibilities for the NWA to be represented. A number of shows.
2: Nice one, Denise.
5: Well, and, and <laughs>
6: if,
5: if, look at it organically. Sorry, so, about that. <laughs> why? Are you Sorry, don't be sorry. Yeah. That, Sam Roberts asked me too. Yeah. Oh, did he? Okay. And, and oh, inv- really? Yeah. And it, well, no, in advance no, that, of
6: us no. even going. So, but if you look at it organically, Nick's friends with Marty. Yeah. I worked at Ring of Honor. I have a very good relationship with with them. And it was simply a phone call. Hey, we'll be in New Orleans. I'd like to cover it because it's his friend's first world title match. It made sense to do it. Why not? You know what I mean? Like, like it opens a, a field of possibilities. And why not? Like, like what? What? There was no downside. For I would him.
2: love to see that match. I'm a big fan of Marty's. Me too. Yeah, I mean, I, tried I, I well. pushed
5: for years for TNA to hire him. Yeah.
2: <laughs> but there's a guy good that... thing he did. good thing they didn't because he was able to cultivate right. his own Absolute. deal man everything, and it is, it is on point sure. man everything about right. his game is on point. he's
5: to me he's the he's the best character in the business right now and, yeah. and honestly you know if I look at anyone from a sort of envious point of view like his position he's bulletproof yeah you know he can go anywhere he wants he's rowdy roddy Piper. you know like he doesn't need a title doesn't need a, a specific you know matchup or field, anything. any He's just, like, people want to see that. Yeah, He's an attraction. Yes. Yeah. it's the best way you want to be.
2: And even if no one knew her, who he was before they'd seen him, like, just the way mm-hmm. he does things, like, sure. yeah. Well, and, have the and, so actually, right
5: and it's, you know, by the way, we've been wrestling the same amount of time, so he's, like, going on, like, 13, 14 years. This is not, an, you know, this didn't just happen overnight. Like, this is yeah. a culmination of experience and, you know, being knocked back and, you know, going back to the drawing board and being creative and thinking of these things. It's not, you know, it's, his success is no accident yeah it's not big fan of marty's
1: well you were were you in the buttling camps with marty yeah what did you guys learn there
5: well I, it was reps you know i mean my first year i went full-time in wrestling at 18 so i started i think i was i think i just turned 17 when i went i trained with with ricky knight Paige's dad yeah and mom julia i've got a better mention her otherwise she'll kick my ass next time i see her um <laughs> And they, you know, they had shows, but, and they, and they would run these, camp, but they had their own camp circuit. Um, and, you know, those shows are very, a lot of the time they just went an hour. So between, by the time they fill the spots with their own family, which of course they're going to do because it's business, you yep. know, there's not that many spots available, right? So, you know, you would get on a few things. Like my first show for them was about Royal and like Jake the Snake was on that show. So it was a huge deal for me and, you know, stuff like that. But I started going to another school down South, which is where I met Marty and I started picking him up and giving him a ride every time, you know, and that's how we became friends because he needed a ride and we would drive three hours, you know, every Sunday to go train there and three hours back. And then like, you know, Doug was the first guy with Doug Williams who came in and, and helped as a guest trainer from time to time. And he was the one who plucked me out and started saying to a few promotions, like put me in with this guy, not just book him, like book him with me. Yeah. Like, and I'll show you what you we get out of him. Like my second or third ever singles match with Doug, two out of three, fours like rounds, you know, like, so, I mean, I I was able to get that very quickly. And then because I had a look, because I, I, I had the, this the, I only got, I didn't, you know, it's funny you mentioned like bodybuilding. Like, I, it's always funny when people describe me as that, because I think really all, I didn't compete or anything. Like, I just, oh, you didn't? No, 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 no. Oh, hell oh.
2: No. No, I, no, no, no,
5: no. No, I ain't got the legs for that, but I got But you were
3: doing it, right?
5: Sure, but anyone who lifts weights to change their physique is bodybuilding. Like that's what it is, right? Yeah, but, uh, but it's so an, like, oh, it's no.
2: easy to it's easy when you I hear had, that. I to had, that, think I had that, think competitive.
5: That, yeah, I had that sort of bodybuilder look. You know, yeah. especially at the time in the UK, there wasn't that many body guys, so that helped me get my foot in the door. That's why I laugh when I hear this. You know, that that that, that sort of negative connotation towards it because I was like, that got me booked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Dixon. I you know Dixon was like, I called him on the phone because it, even then it wasn't. You know, he didn't email or anything. Like he was super behind the times. Still is. Yeah. So like, like, so I had to call him on the phone. He's like, uh, hi, I'm. Uh, i was trying to get. You know, I literally had to call him and say I'm looking for work. And he was just like, "Well, do you look good?" And I was like, "He's like, how tall are you?" i turned six four. And he's like, well, "Do you look good?" I said, "Yeah, I think so." And he's like, "Great, start on Tuesday, six days a week. Like, that was yeah. it. Full time wrestler. You know, he gave me he gave me one run to six weeks over oh, six days, sorry. And it was basically just like the old, almost like the old territory days where it was like. He goes, okay. You book Tuesday, Tuesday to Sunday, okay. Packed for six days, okay. Did the six days at the end? like right, You start again Tuesday. You can go full time if you want. But they
2: were they were all in England, right? Yeah, yeah. And but you but could Butlin, go. You could drive home every night.
5: Well, you could. Well, you could. But with the Butlin circuit, there were three. There was three parks, and oh, okay. each one had their own like entertainment venue. So you would do like Skegness on a Tuesday, then drive to Bognor, do Bogner on Wednesday, uh, then Minehead, and then there would either be like a down day where they sometimes there'd be like, a fourth camp, or you would do that one yeah. again because that would be the changeover day where those guests would leave, and new guests would come in. So you'd wrestle the same place twice, even though it was a completely different audience. Yeah, and then you would go back, and, and so you would finish in the same place you started. So I had Mondays off. So I, you know, Mondays to basically do laundry mm-hmm. and start again.
2: I used to get, I, I get the biggest kick out when I would go over, over to England, and they go, "We got a long drive today. It's about <laughs> as long hours. a drive, yeah, four hours." I'm like, "You gotta be kidding me! <laughs> oh my god! Like that's the that's the the same size as the Florida Territory oh, was, and the big thing about the Florida Territory back in the day was we get to be home every night. Yeah, yeah. Even when, weird.
5: I, even when I go back now, like I'll come, I'll go home and I'll take a bunch of shows and I'll and even though I, like I'll go to my parents. My mom will be like, you know, oh, where are you? And I go, well, I've got this show here, and then I've got this show in Scotland. She, oh, how are you going to? <laughs> it's like seven hours, you know, like it's the seven-hour yeah. drive. Like it's like the like we when we came back from China. Um, oh, my God, it was just the brutal travel. You know, like 14, sure. like it's like one hour, like the flight from Wenzhou to Shanghai was like only an hour and a bit, but like the layover in Shanghai was seven hours. Then a 14 hour flight to New York, I got to Newark and it was like flight was delayed, 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 cancelled. I had to get home to be, be home for my son. So I went, right, I'm getting a rental car. You know, I'd, be, I'd already been traveling 27 hours or something at that yeah. point and I just went, all right, screw this, like I'm getting a rental sure. car. I drove five hours, you know, but. Again, like to some people say, like, that's nuts. You know, I was like, well, it's e- it's either that or sit around and wait for another flight. Like I, I can drive; I don't care. You know, and if it's it, it's just part of the job at this point, right?
2: For sure. Hey, um, something you just said made me think of this, and I wanted to ask you before before we end this. um It's a big deal to me. uh You said you had to get home to be mm-hmm. with your son, yeah. and. Uh, how is it being a parent when both parents are in the professional wrestling industry? It's, a, that...
5: it's a challenge, yeah. you know, and, and um, it's, it's like a, it's like a Rubik's cube, you know, it's a sure were constantly figuring out ways. And there are times like this week was a bit tricky because of, because typically we're not doing, you know, she's working Mondays. So typically yep. it's I'm, whatever, wherever I am on a Sunday, I try to make it where I can drive, you know, and I, and like, three or four weeks consistently i was driving home and getting home at like 5 a.m and then up at six thirty to get him ready to take him to pre-k um that's a choice you make we you know this week's a little bit different because cauliflower alley came up and i had to show you know this show for for hollywood so so between family support and then through other means you know a nanny or whatever and it's we just you have to it's being flexible and just being pragmatic with it sure. is just one of those things. It's it's
2: incredibly difficult. He's not star
5: he, he's not starved for attention or love. Like I know. That's 100% you know like I, I want people to think that you know we're never home like it's most of the time sure. one of I us I just is. understand
2: the challenge of just one person being sure. in in our industry. Sure.
5: It's it's the you know the harder part is us having time for each other more so much okay. the, because you know because you prioritize him sure. first and then after you know after that anything else is gravy.
3: And what's going to happen in a few years when he says, "Mom, Dad, I want to start training as a wrestler"?
5: If he wants to do that, he could do that. And I'm, I wouldn't force the issue one way or the other because it's—it's it's it's, it's it's either going to happen or it's not. Right?
2: And this isn't this isn't our like this isn't the wrestling industry nineteen nineties uh-huh. and before. We're talking about uh-huh. an industry like I was talking to Rikishi last week about this, like you know how. You know, he's comfortable with sure his oh, yeah. kids being in the industry. Well, and you know? why wouldn't
5: you be with his family history if they've had a great deal of success?
2: And just the, the landscape, just the the atmosphere, the culture is sure. a lot different uh, now. Yeah. It's a lot healthier sure. of a culture our industry and,
5: now. And in, in reality, uh, you know, who who's more qualified to, to get into it than someone who has the access to, you know, the, the, the people Absolutely. that he has access yeah. to, right? Yeah. It's no accident that a lot of second-generation, third-generation guys do so well because it's first of all, it's in their DNA, but it's also because they're able to be educated and all this. stuff. imagine if you had access to, you know, dusty roads or guys like that, when you were, when you were a kid, when you were making all these stupid mistakes that we all made, right. Where you think you know what you're doing and you don't know what you're doing at all. Like, but instead it's like those guys, you can tell, like they've been smartened up, man.
2: And don't we think we know what we're doing? (laughs) Man. I still don't know.
5: I still don't know what I'm doing, but I thought I did 10 years ago. Yeah. You know, (laughs) and
2: it keeps on, it keeps on working that way until the end Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> it. yeah so hey uh what what else, what do you have going on coming up that you guys want to talk about before we head out
5: That's what's good... next for me chicago yeah chicago he's got a title defense and we're going to be at cauliflower alley so cauliflower, we'll be you know yeah. we'll, we'll be there because it, it was i felt like it was important if we're going to you know continue what we've been doing as far as restoring the yeah. the history of you know and the legacy of the nwa who knows how we'll be received or what how any of that's going to go. But to me, it was important that we showed up. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then after that, um, yeah, my next defense is in Chicago, right, against Sam Adonis, who's yep. um, Corey Graves' brother. He's oh, a okay. you know, big Rudo yeah. in Mexico. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm looking forward to wrestling him a great okay. deal. You know, and um, and
6: we'll back here with, hopefully, PJ oh, Black. Yeah, yeah, you PJ know what I and, like, and, and, and we're watch. looking at various different stuff. That's the best part. We'll fit, like, And the phone will ring and, hey, I got this thing. I'm going to try what uh, oh, we're like doing. Undisclosed. Yeah, undisclosed. Denise this, I'll say But, like, uh, he's, <laughs> we're, we're part of a convention. I think you might be on it in September in uh, the U.K.
2: Oh, the, the yeah, the yeah. big yeah. podcast yeah. convention. Yeah. So yeah. We're, we're yeah. going to do a 30-minute
6: yeah. show, you know what I mean, over yeah. there. And, and stuff comes up all the time. And that's the best part. We're not locked into, well, we got to fill two hours of TV. Like, we just we make it work. And every every opportunity is a new one, and we're just like, all right, like going to China. I'm like, okay, that's a lot of travel for you know this, but well, it's it's the experience and the story. The belt had never been there. Like, yeah. that, think about that. All the champions, it never went to China.
2: Is there, do you feel like the, there's not much pressure now, like because you know, it's not, if as should as just you know keep moving forward, it will fall into place. Like, what are we gonna do? Huh? Yeah. You know, are we gonna pull something out of well, our ass this time?
6: The, the basis of all of this was uh, last year, Billy and I went on the road for thirty days. And I challenged myself. It's like, we'll make a documentary every day. I had no idea I was going to do it. Mm-hmm. So we did 30 documentaries in 30 days. So I was shooting and editing at the same time and putting a video out. And we just every day, you just find it. You don't, yeah. you don't stress about it. You just, just do it. And that, that's yeah. how we prepared this. Like, I have no idea we're going to get a cauliflower. No idea. Yeah, but I know the stories, right? Because actually, a year ago tomorrow, it was announced that Billy was intending to buy the brand. So now we're walking in. A year later, we have no idea we're going to be received. None. And that's the most interesting part. And we've never been. And, you know, we're excited that you're going to be there and Sean and everybody because now it's like this this world colliding. I don't think people yeah. really know what it is. I think it's, it's sort of closed club. And I think we're going to show it and see what it is and his his reaction and everyone's reaction to him
2: and i think it should be shown because i think Holly flower is a wonderful thing yeah and we had a, we uh christy reported on a story earlier about what about them helping brick brown
5: mm-hmm. yeah
2: and you know it's yeah they've it's, done a lot
5: of good stuff yeah i yeah. respect and, the, and again like to me if we're gonna if we're gonna be all in you know on the nwa and and restoring that tradition and legacy then i think we should have a presence there yeah. you know mm-hmm. whether, whether how, how it works out is one thing but it's like we have the courage to show up
2: yeah so, hey man, thank you guys both so much for coming. out. Thank you for taking, it. taking it. your time pleasure, to come in here today, like spending fine. your time with us. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having us. Always and a uh, um, we're just going to wrap this up real quick, uh, hit everything real quick. <laughs> All the so,
1: when this tomorrow. airs, uh, Sean and everyone will be at the Cauliflower Alley in Las Vegas. Go check out the Cauliflower Alley Club. Check that out. Cinco uh, de Mayo, Icons of Wrestling Convention in Feasterville, yes. Pennsylvania. Uh, tickets available at collectorfest.com. Jeff Jarrett, Jake Roberts, and a bunch of other people will be there as long as, long along with X-Pac.
2: What happened to com? There you go. I think that's how... I think that's how... All right. Anyways.
3: Guys, where can people see the show, follow you? Uh,
6: everything on social is at NWA, uh, and we're around. You, you just search Nick Aldis and NWA, it, and you'll if find... If you haven't seen the Ten Pounds of Gold, oh, please. Would yeah. we...
5: Deeply
6: encourage you
2: to I do can't, that. You I can't recommend, question, yeah. can't recommend it enough. Can't recommend it enough. Such you. a great such great work you're Thank doing Thank you. Dave. Thank you. So all right everyone. See y'all next week right here on Westwood One, Jericho Network and Afterbuzz T V.
0: From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Sean Waltman, producers Mark B. Donica, Jimbo Frank, Christy Olson, and the entire XPOC 12360 staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in. Like us on Facebook, rate and comment on iTunes and YouTube, follow XPOC on Twitter at The Real X-Pac and email us at XPOC 12360Show at gmail.com.
5: The Westwood One Podcast Network.